Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. So great to see you on this Mother's Day weekend. It is a a tremendous honor to be with you. Uh, Speaking of honor, I thought it would be great to start our time together with uh, just uh, a moment of gratitude and honor where we recognize the ways that people in our life, especially the women of our lives, have overcome trials and troubles and difficulties. The way these amazing people have risen above the visible and invisible headwinds that have attempted to keep them down. Those circumstances where it was unfair, yet they responded graciously. Those circumstances that were hurtful, yet they responded mercifully. Those interactions that attempted to make them feel like they were less, yet they responded in ways that proved they were so much more. Thank you for that. There are so many battles that none of us were aware of that many of you have walked through. And yet, in those battles you fought and you won, and even in the battles you lost, I commend you today for getting up to fight again. For obvious reasons, I I can't share the life experience of uh, the women in my life, but I can recognize your struggle, I can honor your resilience, and I can admire your strength. And it's that strength that we hope to draw attention to today. On this Mother's Day weekend, we determined to intentionally move past the perhaps common themes you would encounter on a weekend like this, you know, themes like beauty and kindness and selflessness, which are certainly wonderful in themselves and can certainly apply to all the women that we honor today. But it was our hope really to add to that story not to replace one trait for another, but to simply say we recognize that people are often much more than the boxes we place them in. That as we seek to honor the influence of the women in our lives, it must then include a recognition of their strength. It must include an association made between the women who have blessed us and the vitality that made that blessing possible. And so this Mother's Day, we have determined to celebrate that very thing and to say to all the women who have made a difference in our lives, thank you for your strength. You know, among the characteristics that I love about my wife Paula is this very trait, her strength. I don't mean that in the shallow, how much can you bench kind of way, um, but much more so in that inner quality of resilience and steadfastness that can only be refined out of hardship in our life. My wife, Paula, she has seen difficulty and she has watched God pull her through. And I find that inspiring. In fact, when when I first transferred to Bible college and when I first met Paula, uh, but when I went to the campus, I, I found myself a bit put off by some of the girls I encountered because it seemed to me 
at least at that stage in my life, they seemed to be a little bit needy in, in, to me, like, like aggressively needy, like, wow, we really need you to complete us. And I was like, no, I can't even complete myself. No, I don't want to do that for, for you. And, and I am not drawn to needy at all. So I was like, no, back off. But Paula was so great because she was totally on the opposite of that spectrum. She had her life, she had her calling, and she made it clear that she did not need me. If anything, I probably needed her. That's how she played it. And that was so good because it made me like her so much more. <laughs> it was a great strategy. She played it well. It worked out perfectly. But that steadiness I saw in her, that hope that was built on Christ alone, it was and it continues to be among my favorite things about her. And she would be the first to tell you, though, that her strength was never sourced in her own fortitude. It is something produced from her relationship with Jesus something born at the foot of the cross, and that is a lesson every man and every woman in our world could grow from. So with that in mind, we are going to take a page from a dark day in the life of an incredibly strong woman, a woman who also found her resource at the foot of the cross. I speak today of Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's so much we could point to regarding the story of Mary's life that I think of certain days uh, along the way that we, we read in Scripture, the way she responded on that day, that the angel let her know that she was going to bear the Son of God. Wow, that's some news. And how she pondered that overwhelming truth and then said yes in faith. Or perhaps today she leveraged her relationship with Jesus to make sure they would have enough wine for this wedding at Cana. Jesus is saying, Mom, it's not my time. She's like, no, 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 do it anyway. I mean, what a total mom move, right? He's like, Mom, I, I'm not supposed to do this yet. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. Just do what he says. Watch, watch him do this. Total mom move. We could have learned a lot from those days. But the day we look at today, it tested Mary's strength in a way that no other day could. It was the day Jesus the child she bore in her body was crucified before her eyes. An unimaginable horror, yet Mary responds with unimaginable strength. And by witnessing the forging and the testing of Mary's strength, I believe God would show us that he desires to build a similar strength into each of our lives. And so with that, the first thing I would point out is this. Jesus offers us the strength to stand in hard places. First lesson is that Jesus offers us the strength to stand in hard places. John 19 is where we're going to be. Let's read it together right where you are. Big voices go. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now, the context of this passage can easily overshadow this conversation. The context is the crucifixion. Jesus is obviously and rightly in the center of this story. Uh, after all his beatings and the torture, Christ now hangs on a cross while others mock him. 
He is literally suspended between life and death. And so because of that, it would be easy not to notice the four women who have gathered nearby. And easier still not to notice that one of them is Mary, the mother of Jesus. To make matters worse, she's not even the only Mary in the group. Of four women, three of them are named Mary. Can you believe that? Evidently, they must have had a shortage on ladies' names back then. And they're like, hey, it's a girl. Like, what you gonna name her? Well, I guess we'll go with Mary. I, they said that all the time because everybody was named Mary. So even that can contribute to missing this incredible picture of strength that stands at the cross of Jesus. It's, it's as though Mary is almost invisible in the narrative. Yet her story reminds us that as small as she may seem, as ordinary and nondescript as life would try to make her, Mary was a woman who experienced a type of strength that was beyond this world, proving that God loves to use the seemingly weak to confound the wise, to take the nobodies and make them somebodies. I mean, think about it. Here she is. She's by the cross of Jesus, standing right there. Can you imagine how difficult it would be for a mom to be there to witness that? This woman who rocked Jesus to sleep, who comforted him when he skinned his knee, who kissed his boo-boos, who fixed his hair, and now her son is beaten to the point of being unrecognizable and is nailed to a cross, waiting out the timeline where exhaustion finally leads to an agonizing death. Yet still, standing by the cross was Mary. That is some strength. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could see that. I remember uh, coming home in high school, and I've mentioned I was in a pretty serious car accident in high school involving a campus life van that I was in, and then another car, both of them going highway speeds, head-on collision. There was a fatality in that accident. I remember coming back from that accident after being in the hospital and I had you know, minor injuries with some stitches, some bandages, that sort of thing. And I get out of the car and I, I, you know, it's at the house. I pull up to the house and I get out of the car. And my mom is standing on the porch. And we had been in conversation you know, on the phone as, as to what happened. But she, she's standing on the porch and she sees me in, in my bandages and you know, disheveled state after this accident. And my mom's not typically a crier. She cries sometimes, but I probably cry more than she does, certainly. But she's just not wired that way, not much of a crier. But I remember in that moment when she saw me, she just burst into tears. It was, it was so hard for her to see me in pain or to see me coming out of danger to know what I just walked through. It broke her. It was so difficult for her to see that. I think of this passage. Here's Mary standing by the cross, knowing that Jesus is anything but all right. And yet she stands by. She draws near. She doesn't run. Why? Because her love didn't let her. Her love didn't let her run away. 
she placed herself in that brutal place because she was willing to let her love overshadow her pain. And guess what? Jesus invites each of us to do the same with our pain. To stand in those hard places because being present must eclipse being protected. Yeah, I get it. I don't want to be here, but I will be here because of love. Jesus invites us to a love that overshadows our pain. It's not that our pain isn't real. It's that his love in me is greater. That's what God's strength looks like. It seems that Mary understood that for love to be genuine, it must cost us. It must stand where no one else stands. It must do what no one else is willing to do. Maybe Mary even thought about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, where he said, I I want you to love your enemies. Anyone can love those who are good to them. The worst of us can do that. We must love with a greater love. We must love with God's love. Mary shows us what it looks like to love when it's difficult, when it is all but impossible, even to stay and love when everything in us wants to run and hide. You know, uh, the Easter egg hunt that Cove Kids put on uh, Easter weekend was was so great. And I remember hearing, uh, I saw this guy... um, because the Easter egg hunt happened, it was sandwiched between rainstorms. It was a horrible rainstorm outside, and we're like, oh, are we going to be able to do this? And then the sun came out, perfect timing for the Easter egg hunts, and then it got rainstorm again. But because the rain had happened just prior to it, and the sun came out, out on, on the park, on the grass of the park, there was just tons of earthworms that were up on the surface, just tons of them. And one guy had an Easter egg, and was filling the Easter egg with with earthworms, like to take them fishing later, right? But all I could imagine, I didn't get to see if he did this or not. I'm sure he must have. He looked like he probably would have done this kind of thing. Was was him giving that Easter egg to someone as a gift. Hey, here's a little present for you. A little Easter egg. Just open that baby up. Of course, to reveal a bunch of earthworms, right? I, I didn't get to see it, but I can only imagine the response. Yikes, that's not what I was expecting. That's not what I was planning. That's not what... I desired. It wasn't pleasant. Life throws us things like that. And that was absolutely true of this day for Mary. This was not planned. This was not pleasant. It was her child on a cross, yet she stayed. It was painful to see. It was impossible to comprehend, yet she stayed. For us, it might be our child bound in that jail cell, our child consumed by that addiction, that loved one paralyzed by depression and fear, the one we care so much about hospitalized with sickness or injury, that crisis, that need. These are the hard places that we're called to. Yet just like Mary, It becomes possible to stand in those hard places for one reason. She trusted God to give her the strength to do so. I love how Ephesians 6 says it, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Once you've done all you can do, trust God for what only God can do. 
Stand when you can and trust God to help you stand when you can't. Because God wants to give strength to you. And Mary reminds us of that truth, that Jesus offers the strength to stand in hard places. That's the first thing. Here's the second. Jesus offers us the strength to see in dark places. To see in dark places. John 19, continue the passage, verse 26. Big voices go. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. Now, back to the scene here. Jesus has a lot on his mind, obviously, while he's there on the cross. You know, he's been tortured. Life and death hangs in the balance. The sins of the world are weighing on his shoulders. He is hanging on a cross, a lot going on. Yet from that very consuming place, Jesus sees his mother that he loves, Mary, and the disciple that he loves, John. And what you see here is this intentionality. It's not afterthought. It's intentionality. See, Jesus knew that without being there to support her, that Mary would then be left in abject poverty and alone. At some point, Joseph had died and was no longer in the picture, and Jesus knew this. He knew the pressure that his death would put on his mother. So what he does is he lifts his eyes from his pain, from his agony, from the, the world-altering crisis that he was enduring, and at that moment, he sees Mary. There's so much value spoken in that especially if you've ever felt like you're not seen, if you've ever thought your problems, they're not really worth God's time. He's, he's not worried about that. I mean, God's got, got so much bigger things to worry about, right? God's got to worry about wars, and he's got to worry about famine and meteors, and is Pluto a planet or is it not? All those things that God has to worry about. God's got big stuff going on, yet this passage reminds us of this truth. No amount of weight carried by Christ will ever keep us from being seen by Christ. Here Jesus is carrying the sins of the world, mine and yours, and he still sees Mary. Which means that just as Jesus saw Mary, Jesus sees you. You're that important. You're that loved. You're that valued. And it is specific to you. This was not some random task to finish on Jesus's to-do list. Like, like he's on the cross and some random person is walking by. They're like, hey, would you mind, would you mind uh, you know, taking care of my mom? You know, hey there, I, I don't know you, but, but could you take my mom home? Make sure she's, she's going to be okay. No, Jesus valued her so much that he gave her the very best, the best disciple for this task. And who's the best? Well, it's, it's John. It's the one who described himself as the one that Jesus loved. This disciple knew the love of Christ, and that was the love that Jesus wanted for Mary, for his mother. It was the best. It was not an afterthought. It was not, well, this is just good enough. John was the perfect person to take Jesus' place. And Jesus knew that because he saw Mary. 
And in doing so, he showed all of us what it looks like to see and to be seen in dark places. It's such a powerful thing to know when you're actually seen. Years ago in Redmond, I remember when they opened the, the Super Walmart in Redmond. Big deal in Redmond to open the Super Walmart. And wow, that's, a, that's an event, you know. And so we, we went to the grand opening, Paul and I, you know, the, going to the grand opening. They had the, the high school band there, you know, the mayor, the big scissors, you know. It was a, there was a whole thing. And of course we went. And uh, as we're walking into the grand opening of this Super Walmart, they had all the employees were in their, their uniforms and they, they lined the entryway as you walked in and as you walked through that, that, that space, they were applauding and cheering, welcome, welcome. And I'm walking next to Paul and they're cheering and I'm thinking to myself, they pay these people to do this. Obviously they don't mean it, you know. Ah, wow, I'm just really callous. Just, oh, man, yeah, it's obviously put on. You don't really mean that. I'm thinking all of that as I'm walking through. And I'm thinking Paula must feel the same way. And I look at her, and tears are streaming down her face. I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is nice, isn't it? And we get through. She's like, wasn't that so beautiful? How they saw us and how they welcomed us and... And, and, and it was so great to feel that sense of being seen. It spoke so much value to be seen. Huh. Among the strengths that Jesus longs to impart to us is the strength of knowing that we're seen by God. And that knowledge, it's amazing. It actually equips us to then see others. Just like knowing we are valued equips us to value others, knowing that we're loved equips us to love others. From the same cross that Jesus spoke value to Mary, Christ speaks value to us. And we are then tasked to speak and impart that same value to every person we encounter. In doing so, Jesus offers us the strength to see in dark places. That's the second thing. Here's the last thing. Jesus offers us the strength to care in cold places. John 19, let's finish the passage. Big voices, go. He said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. From the cross here, what does Jesus do? He facilitates an adoption. Amazing thing to do from the cross. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's uncomplicated. Mom, this is your son. Son, this is your mom. And that hour, John takes her home. No question. No, what will my mom think? What about the cats and dogs? How are we going to work it out? He just does it. John made room. He said yes to this new relationship. What does that show us? It shows us that the love of Christ does not only ask us to invite Jesus into our hearts and lives, but that love means we also make room in our hearts for other people. My mom, uh, I'm so proud of her, this last year she moved to McMinnville from Redmond. We know no one in McMinn 
McMinnville. Uh, we don't know any people there, but she wanted to be on this side of the mountains to not be separated by the mountains in the winter. My brother lives in Portland. We're here in Eugene, so it was closer to family. So she said, I'm going to move to McMinnville. So she did so, and, and I've been so proud of her because she is just making this new life out of nothing, all on her own, just her and her dog are making this new life. And, and every time I talk to her, she speaks of a new friend. You know, I'm going to lunch with a, a church friend, and I'm going to coffee with a Zumba friend, and I'm taking a walk with a neighbor friend. I, I'm never sure what's going to be next. You know, is it I'm going to breakfast with a base jumping friend, or I'm going to dessert with an ice climbing friend. I don't know what's going to be next with her. But I'm so proud of her because she always seems to have room for a new friend. Always room for one more. That's what Jesus facilitates here. Making room for another in our life. And there is a strength that is built in us when we live this way. But here's the balance I want you to see. I want you to see that this relationship is healthy. It's not saying here, I give and give and give until I have nothing left and you take and take and take because I'm enabling you. That's not what we see here. We see the health of this relationship because it is described as one of both giving and receiving. Woman, here's your son. Son, here's your mother. Giving and receiving. Blessing and sacrifice in both parties reminds us that Jesus does not ask us to just give out his love as part of some dysfunctional structure, but instead he calls us to healthy expressions of his love because his love is healthy. Woman, here's your son. Son, here's your mother. That's the love being presented here. And what that kind of love creates is this. Jesus calls us to love others in cold places because Jesus provides love for us in cold places. I can't give away what I don't have. Jesus wants to give you the love that you can give away. But life, it can so overwhelm us with the needs of others that we can feel spent, right? I'm sure that, that moms can relate to this. We think of the tasks that can fill the days of a mom, you know, take the kids here, fix the car, look at that homework or run that errand or remember that birthday or fumigate that husband, whatever it is. Today, Jesus reminds us, and especially those strong women who sacrifice so much, Jesus reminds us that he wants you to receive as well. He wants you to receive in the same way that you pour out, starting with receiving the greatest gift of all, Him. Jesus wants to give you the gift of Himself, and He asks only that you make room. Mary's story reminds us of that, that as she received strength, through John's love, she could also have the strength to give that love away because Jesus offers us the strength to care in cold places. I'll wrap up with this. Ephesians 6.10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The truth 
for every person is this, that our strength will reach its limit if it is bound by our achievement, if it's bound by our own ability, by our own aspirations, our strength will always reach its limit. The only strength that is truly boundless is that which is given to us by God. And that is the strength that God wants to place within every person. And that is the strength that we honor today. Mary shows us what that kind of strength looks like. And it allowed her to experience God's resource in the darkest day the world has ever known. God wants to be your strength. Whether young or old, man or woman, God wants to be your strength. So don't just be strong today. Be strong in Jesus. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com, or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.